The Sunbelt Semis are set. It's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Sorry, it's a little bit tardy, but uh, games last night ended late and I needed my beauty sleep. And as you can see, it paid off. Uh, Dave Schultz, uh, your host, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Sunbelt semis are set and mostly chalk, although Texas State did beat Troy. Uh, the Cajun and Marshall both survived. South Alabama may have had the easiest time of it. Uh, but so you'll have South Alabama taking on Marshall. That's the two and three seed. Cajuns taking on Texas State. They're the fifth seed. They upended Troy uh, three to nothing behind Jessica Mullins. Uh, so the overall right now in the Sun Belt, um, all these games have been close, right? Even I got it. You know, again, I didn't do this yesterday and I didn't do it today. Uh, none of these games have been run ruled. And a lot of these games have been decided late, right? Coastal Carolina opened up with a three-run home run in the 10th to beat Southern Miss, right? ULM needed three runs in the 6th to beat Georgia State. Uh, South Alabama had the easiest go of it. They were ahead most of the ballgame. They beat James Madison 4-1. to But Marshall and Coastal were scoreless late in the ballgame before Marshall scored two in the 6th. Troy was in control, but still only beat Troy 3 to nothing, And... You know, the Cajuns got a little bit nervous. Uh, Jordan Campbell with a big uh, RBI double, breaking a 1-1 tie, uh, and uh, even just beating ULM 3-1. to So no run rules, nothing ever close, nothing even close. And it really is interesting uh, and how close some of these games, which would appear to be mismatches, were going to be. I am all about win and move on, especially in a single elimination tournament. And, you know, one of the fan bases yapping is Marshall because they had this record-breaking season. They have two Triple Crown winners, and they did not win, as we mentioned yesterday, a – or a couple days ago. Uh, well, I guess it was yesterday. Uh, did not win a P Pitcher of the Year award, which they could have, Sidney Nestor. Did not win a Player of the Year award in Autumn Owen because they won Triple Crowns. And so you can't come in here and lose to Coastal Carolina. You know, you got to get at least to South Alabama, right? Sorry about that. Uh, and so, again, when to move on, it does not matter that, you know, they eeks by. Doesn't matter. No one's going to remember that. Doesn't, doesn't matter. They would have remembered if they lost. They would have remembered. And even that game was a little bit crazy. It was 2-0, well, 0-0. Marshall gets two runs in the bottom of the sixth. Coastal's two outs, nobody on. Game's over. Weird ground ball to second base. Had all kinds of spin on it. The Marshall second baseman couldn't handle it. Runner on at first. Double over the center fielder's head. One run comes home. Time run is on second. And then I think there was a walk. And you had runners on at first and second. And Coastal could tie the game up or take the lead. Now they get a pop-up to third in foul territory right on the line. And so that ended the threat. But... It uh, doesn't matter. How, it doesn't matter if you run rule them. It doesn't matter if you, you win by one. Uh, it is important to win, especially in this case when the Marshall Thundering Herd, you know, fan base 
uh, I guess the thundering herd would be, you know, an apropos of putting it, um, we're all upset, which I can't really blame them, right? We, you know, at the same time, you can't be upset. You can be upset. That is justifiable where you didn't win player of the year. You didn't win pitcher of the year. You didn't win coach of the year when you have a school record of wins and, you know, two triple crown winners. So their frustration is justified. The thing you can't do, though, is lose in the first round. If you lose to South Alabama, okay. At the same time, put up or shut up, okay? Olivia Lackey pitched yesterday, probably going with Jenna Hard. I think it's Hardy, against um, against uh, Marshall today, whereas it's a good bet that Sydney Nestor is going to go. So, as we talked with Megan Smith-Lyon uh, earlier, she's going to get the brunt of the innings. So, this is where Sydney Nestor is going to go up against maybe not the pitcher of the year, but the team that took pitcher of the year in Olivia Lackey and coach of the year in Becky Clark. So this is where Marshall comes in with a chip on their shoulders. What you can't do and which will be remembered is if you do get run ruled, and that's not the way South Alabama generally plays, so I don't think that's the case. But boy, it'll be remembered for a while, A, if you lose, or if you do the run rule. If somehow you hammer South Alabama, and run rule them out of the tournament. And then, you know, they can stick their chest out a little bit by saying, see, we told you so. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. South Alabama and Marshall will play at four. And uh, the Cajuns and Texas State will play at seven. If everything holds true. As it turns out, overall, yesterday wasn't bad because... Uh, we had a little rain delay. First of all, the Coastal uh, game goes uh, 10 innings. Now, um, is that is that what I got right? The the first game, hold on. Let me, now these are all going in. Um, uh, the South Alabama game, I'm sorry. The South Alabama game went a little bit long. And maybe Marshall Coastal. Everything was going okay. I think Marshall and Coastal had a little bit of a rain delay, but not much. And then we had a big rain delay. Again, I'm conflating my days. I'm sorry. South Alabama and James Madison were moving along. I think Marshall and Coastal started a little bit later than 1 o'clock. But then, uh, like, Texas State and Troy got going at, like, 4.11. So we're basically on time. And two batters in, we got a rain delay, or lightning delay, as it turns out. Now, rain happened for five minutes. They never actually put the tarp on. Apparently, they saw it was a small cell, so... They didn't bother with the tarp, but we did wait for a good almost hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes, like five, like 417 to 538. Cajuns didn't start until 822. They didn't finish up until I'd say 10, 1030. It was a two hour and 10 minute ball game. And again, it's three to one. Now there seemed to be base runners a lot for the Cajuns and they couldn't take advantage of it. I will say oddly enough with the humidity and it was soupy humidity. So if, you know, the Knicks came down here and complained about it. It would make sense. Um, the ball was not carrying last night. The Cajuns hit three or four shots to straightaway center field. Landing creator crushed one that absolutely over the weekend would have been out. It wasn't out last night. It, they just would not go. So when Jordan Campbell crushed hers off the wall, it looked like it was crushed, but you're like, the only reason I think the, the right fielder had issues with it is because it was hit directly over her head, right? And that one actually did carry also. It was kind of slicing away from her. So 
And the ball just did not carry. And uh, last night, and that kept, literally, that kept uh, ULM in the game. Uh, we'll get to the recaps here uh, momentarily, but I just wanted to set the set the scene for you. Uh, we had a little weather delay, not nearly as bad as what most people thought. Everyone thought it was going to be a really long day, uh, maybe even into the next day. But so far, so good. All the games got played that needed to be played on a Thursday. All right, we'll be re- we'll be right back to a recap all of uh, the action more specifically, and I do need to pick up more bill bars. I am out. Actually did a good job last night. I was going to get ice cream on my way back to the stadium. I said, nope, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat my uh, Bilt Bars. I'm going to eat my Bilt Bars uh, first and instead of uh, the ice creams. And that's going to help me out. And, I mean, they're good. I need more because they are good. Are, are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I just got, I've got the thing for you. Built bars, built puffs. Built bars are a healthy taste, are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. What makes built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy for you. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk up to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's, uh, that's where I do my shopping, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. I specifically like the churro puff. I'm, I'm one of those guys that like, if I have a little spicy food, which I had last night, I'd like to end that with sweetness, and I'm big on uh, the churro. That helps me out, but... We, uh, again, on my uh, radio show, which will be once again live on 103.3 The Goat from, um, we'll see, 3 to 6.45 p.m. If everything uh, goes as planned, uh, we had pizza tasting day, and so we've put on a little bit. But I did a good job um, only having the blackened chicken pasta uh, last night at the ballgame. Can't, can't, can't go without that, but that's got a little Cajun kick in it, right? That's got the peppers. That's got the cayente in there. So... We take the churro bar after that as the dessert instead of the ice cream, which is a much better and healthier decision. All right, Dave Schultz, more Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Let's go quickly over the ball games. It all started out with uh, South Alabama taking down uh, James Madison. And uh, despite uh, to the, uh, you know, disappointment of Marshall, Olivia Lackey was Olivia Lackey. The pitcher of the year, seven innings, one unearned run, scattered four hits, 10 punch outs. Uh, and she was given a lead immediately. Two in the first, two in the second, and James Madison scores one in uh, the fifth, but it was an unearned run. And so when you're a team like South Alabama and you don't necessarily put up a whole lot of runs, they're not necessarily 
this huge offensive juggernaut, it's got to really give Olivia Lackey uh, some confidence and can relax when she does not have to be absolutely perfect. Of course, she was pretty good. In fact, better than good, right? No walks, four hits, one earned run. That's outstanding. And so you can see why she was the pitcher of the year in the Sun Belt. So South Alabama, then we have a time of the game. That game even took two hours. So these games, I don't know, maybe we need a pitch clock in these games because they do seem to be going a little bit long. I mean, there's only nine base hits total, one walk total, a couple of errors. So again, it feels like, and when you get in the postseason, every pitch counts, right? So every pitch counts. All right, so that was uh, the first game. Uh, the second game was, you know, the one that, boy, again, a win and move on, and that's okay, was uh, the Marshall and uh, Coastal Carolina ballgame. And, again, you can't be, you know, yapping and come up short in – Uh, in the Sunbelt Conference, you know, first round when you're playing a seven seed that needed a three-run home run in extra innings to win, okay? I, I still will stand behind this, you know, win and move on. So no one cares that it was two to one. I don't care that they each pass Coastal Carolina. That does not matter. The important part is they won it. That's the important part. Again, Sidney Nestor, outstanding, one earned run. If you missed the first part of it, it was because of the ground ball. The second had all kinds of spin on it. Looked like a routine grounder, but it really wasn't. Uh, she gives up one under and run, walks three, strikes out nine, uh, scatters three base hits in seven innings. Uh, Brabham from a coastal almost up to the task. I mean, two runs, didn't come until the sixth on six base hits in five and two-thirds innings. Doesn't walk a Marshall player uh, and strikes out 10. All right, Shellman, I hope I'm saying her name right. Uh, she had the big hit to put uh, Marshall on top. They get an insurance run uh, as well. And then again, to recap the top of the seventh, two outs, nobody on. And uh, the Marshall's second baseman, which would be Ulrich, uh, just bobbled the ball, could not get a hold of it. Uh, and uh, that opened uh, the door for, I guess, Jennings with an RBI double over the head and center. And then a walk. And, you know, the go-ahead run or the tying run is on second. And the go-ahead run is on first, and yet uh, they get out of it. So good job by Marshall winning their 44th record, uh, 44th uh, game of the year, uh, continuing to be on their school record of uh, increasing on their school record. I will also say about this, if you're new to softball and you're just watching it for the first time, there is no double clutching. There is no bobble, right? You can't, what is it, Wander Franco who flipped the ball to himself? You can't do that in softball, especially against girls at the top of the order and the bottom of the order that can fly down the line. You know, there is no setting up and throwing or, you know, taking a couple of steps. It is glove ball throw and sometimes all in the same motion. And especially if it's hit to the left side of the infield where you have to make a long throw. The, we saw some spectacular defense, especially, in, boy, in the Cajuns game uh, against uh, ULM. Both teams were spectacular, and they're really good. Like, if it was – I don't know what the dimensions are, right? We all know baseball is 90 feet. I don't know what the dimensions are in softball. It would make a huge difference if it was another, um, you know, couple of feet. Because I, I can – you know, 
I remember seeing the difference. Seeing college, we saw some college games, you know, years ago where, you know, maybe it's even high school. I don't know, but you know, these were the just routine ground balls are short, and they were bang bang. And then we get to double A games, and they're beating them by a couple of steps. Right, the throws are beating you by a step and a half. At softball, there usually isn't a step and a half. They're all they're all bang bang. It is it is always close and. These girls are really good, and defense sometimes gets overlooked in softball, and it should not. That is a huge difference uh, when you're making sometimes routine plays or great plays, whatever the case may be. All right, so Marshall moves on. They defeat Coastal Carolina. Then you get uh, Texas State and Troy, and this really was, I think that's that's really the only game that didn't go chalk because... Um, you know, Texas State, do I have it here? Texas State uh, takes down Troy behind Mullins. Texas State was the fifth seed. Troy was the fourth seed. And uh, it was a 3 nothing Troy a victory. Again, Jessica Mullins, one hit, one walk, four punch outs. All right. Johnson for Troy does give up three runs, walk six. That's a problem and strikes out four. But again, this was scoreless through three. Texas State puts a run on the board in the fourth, two in uh, the fifth. So I guess I missed that ball game. That was earlier in the day. Let's see this. Uh, do we have the uh, the top of the fourth? No, the walks happened afterwards. Top of the fifth, there was a walk that led to some runs. So um, not as bad as I thought it could have been all right so Texas State and Mullins take down Troy three nothing and then the crowd waiting patiently for uh the Cajuns uh not as good as crowd as I was hoping for uh still you know about 80 percent packed uh, again the game starting at 8 20 instead of seven so you know still school and work today I presume uh the seven o'clock game tonight against Texas State will be a sellout. No, that's what I'm I'm guessing. And last night was an outstanding ballgame. Cajuns jump on top. Uh, uh, one to nothing in the first. Had a chance. Alexa Langoliers uh, with a line out to right with a couple of runners on. Could have, you know, given the, the Cajuns a, a nice cushion to begin with. But it was only one nothing. And uh, ULM ties it up. Got a, a base hit, a bunt, and... A gapper, and it was a one-one a ball game. But then Sam Landry shut it down. That was all for ULM. She retired seventeen of the last eighteen batters she faced, and that was a walk that she probably shouldn't have given up. But she was outstanding. She did not pitch a whole lot in the weekend series against ULM. A little bit in relief to finish up the ball games, but she was outstanding. Jordan Campbell comes in, and again we told you the ball was not carrying. And Jordan Campbell crushed one to right field over the right fielder's head. That scores the go-ahead run. Jordan ends up coming home on a sack fly to center, makes it a 3-1 game. Uh, after the ball game, Jerry Glasgow said he wanted to bring in Kendra Lamb to uh, close it down and get her feet wet. But he said if somebody reached, we would have, but nobody did. So uh, Sam Landry was outstanding for the Raging Cajuns. And now you have Megan Shoreman, which I think, you know, is kind of what Jerry wanted. Megan pitches 
you know, the Thursday of senior weekend, and we're going to hold her back because Sam can play against ULM. And now we have Megan Shorman going up against uh, arrested Megan Shorman going up against uh, Texas State. All right, one more timeout. Quick preview of today's semifinals. Again, thanks so much for subscribing to Locked On Sunbelt. We'll continue covering uh, the uh, Sunbelt Conference Tournament. We'll be out at Lamson, so, uh, and today we will be outside. So come by and say hello, uh, or at least wave, while I'm doing my show on 103.3 The Goat here in Lafayette, 3 to probably 6.45 p.m. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to keep on going just because things are ending. Uh, Sports-wise, we're going to keep on going. Also... Should be mentioned today, we, we got a lot of Texas State and Cajuns. Texas State are playing the Cajuns softball, and the Bobcats are in town to take on the Cajuns baseball team, which is a huge series for both teams because third place is on the line. Also, the Cajuns, if they start to lose, will fall back. They were tied for sixth last week. Now they're tied for fourth, and they're one game behind the Bobcats, and they could take over third place and really, really solidify themselves heading into, well, what would be the last weekend of – uh, the season against Southern Miss and maybe take some pressure off of them that they have to win that series. So hopefully the Cajuns, as far as I'm concerned, wins uh, that series here at home and a lesser pressure going up against Southern Miss, who is, I don't know if they can host. They're going to have to work their way to be a host team, uh, but they're going to get a pretty good seed uh, nonetheless. All right, again, don't forget, not only subscribe and share the videos on YouTube, but you can download them wherever you get your audio podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Amazon, just search for Lockdown Sunbelt, and you should be able to uh, find the podcast. All right, Dave Schultz, Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. Let's quickly preview the ball games. You do have South Alabama and Marshall, 4 p.m. Big ball game. Again, the seeding in this case doesn't really matter. Uh, I guess the coaches knew, the teams knew, but the media didn't, if that matters at all, that they were splitting the conference in terms of the top seeds. Uh, that the East would get one and the West would get one. That's why South Alabama, who technically finished second overall in the Sun Belt, was a third seed. Marshall, out of the East, gets the number two seed. It ends up not mattering. They're going to face each other. Although I guess Marshall is going to be the home team, if that's the way that goes. And now Marshall, as we mentioned, is going to have a chance to prove it, right? That Megan smith Lions should have got coach of the year. That uh, Sidney Nestor should have got pitcher of the year. We'll see how she does. All right, she's not going up probably against Olivia Lackey. That's going to be my guess, but we'll see. All right, I mean, Becky Clark, the coach of the year, you got to save somebody to pitch the next game. They've got two. The Cajuns have three pitchers, so that's going to be tough to do, but we'll see what Becky Clark wants to do. I'm going to guess that uh, Jenna Hardy is going to pitch against Cindy Nestor. That should be great. Uh, as for the nightcap, at 7 o'clock, you got the Cajuns and Texas State, longtime rivals in this conference. Uh, Texas State's been really good, but they've always had to go up against the Cajuns, and that's tough to overcome. You're probably going to have Megan Shorman going up against Jessica Mullins. It should be a pitcher's duel. We'll see if if there's a defensive mistake or if the ball's carrying a little bit different today. Uh, I would be surprised if either of these games are run rules. It should be more fascinating softball out at Lamson Park. Hopefully, you can come by. And again, if you're there early, be sure to come by and say hello. Again, the show will be or chat on 103.3. The GOAT will be on the third base side, just outside of the press box. I was inside the press box yesterday, but the problem is um, the only two road teams that came to play or brought their radio are playing against each other. <laughs> so South is playing Marshall. So both radio booths uh, that uh, 
they need to use, one would be available to me, which was yesterday, is now. So it is what it is. I'm uh, thrilled to be out there and uh, and covering the uh, the Sunbelt Conference Tournament live. I appreciate the Cajuns' help, Learfield's help, uh, along with um, uh, Town Square Media's help here at, at home. All right. Again, thanks so much. We'll have we'll, – we're going to keep going. We're not stopping with Sunbelt Podcast. Um, we'll have another one tomorrow. And then probably a special one, either Saturday night or Sunday, uh, to recap the entire tournament. Uh, and then we'll get back to regularly scheduled programming, I guess, on Monday. All right. So uh, we'll be back again to recap what happens uh, today and uh, preview the championship game coming up on Saturday. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. It's Locked on Sunbelt. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. It's your team every day.